A city based on industry, from market stalls to collieries, owners, directors, and entrepreneurs. Oh, we've got all that and more. No matter how high you fly, no matter how far you go, the spotlight's on you when we go wrecking home. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Wrecks and Business Spotlight podcast. This is a podcast that focuses on local businesses and local business owners. We can learn more about their challenges and their plans to grow. My name's Adrian, I'm from AB Countercy, which are the sponsors, and today I'm with Rich from Wrexham Coffee Bean Company. That's it. Hello Rich. How are you? Welcome on. Thank you very much. Um, if you want to start by just introducing yourself and tell everyone what we need to know about Wrexham Coffee yeah. Bean. Um, my name's Rich, I'm one of the co-founders of Wrexham Bean Company. Um, we set up started later last year and this is our first operational year running and we've had one of the busiest years of our lives as you can imagine um, yeah. we are the Wrexham's only coffee roastery um, and we showcase beans from all over the world and bring them into Wrexham and mix them with our local architecture and create our brand and that's where it's taken off really yeah so you said you're, you're one of your owners how many of you are there there are two of us okay James and I um, both related um, through my partner so yeah, just the two of us. No staff, just the two of us working very hard. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And any business startup is challenging, but this yeah. is a, a part-time gig for you both as well, isn't it, at the moment? I think. Yeah, it's it started off as a hobby. It's been developed into a part-time role, and I imagine in the near future we'll be employing people full-time because of the development we've shown and the growth we're showing. But yeah, it's scary, isn't it? Okay, well hopefully we'll get into some of that, that growth Absolutely. and development and learn about what you're up to. Yeah. Um, so why why coffee? Obviously you wanted to do something together as, as a business. But. Yeah, um, there's two sides to it really. It's finding a niche in the market that we didn't have in Wrexham. Obviously we've got a lot of industry, a lot of culture in Wrexham. We haven't got any coffee in Wrexham, so that was one of the strands. Um, I come from a strong Italian background. My, my father was Italian, his grandfather was Italian. And they came to Wrexham during the Second World War. When the war ended, the people of Wrexham kind of made them feel welcome. They stayed here, so I wanted to give something Italian back to the community of Wrexham. Um, so that was my other strand. I lost my dad two years ago, so in, in his memory I wanted to start the business and kind of do something to make him proud. So then, yeah, the, the niche of the market and the Italian heritage is what kept me going. Yeah, and Wrexham has got lots of great independent coffee shops, but it's for, for yeah. roasting your own is, is your uniqueness, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's, there's an art to roasting coffee and there's even more delicate, intricate art to making coffee. I don't claim to be delicate or intricate, so <laughs> making coffee I'll leave to the, yeah. to the lads that sit and the girls serve our coffee, but we just roast we sell online uh, and through shops and delis and things and, and we supply coffee shops so the most you know, getting the most out of the town is the best for us supplying coffee shops so the people of town can drink our coffee and without giving away your trade secrets what's the rough sort of plan how do you go about roasting coffee what do you need what do you have um, to do someone described us to me once as a Bunsen burner with a washing machine on top and that's all it is effectively um, I buy the beans in from whichever country I use like for example we've got Uganda and Brazil in front of us today um, I import them um, and then um, they come to us at the roastery. The roastering machine is probably about 15 foot by 5 foot, so it's quite a big washing machine if you mm-hmm. like. And underneath the drum is uh, a gas oven that heats the drum and then um, we put the, machi- the beans in the machine and you watch them turn and turn like, as you would the washing. And then once you get the colour you desire, the taste you desire, which takes a lot of trial and error, and believe you me, I wasted a lot of beans. You must have drunk a lot of coffee along the way, did yeah, you? Yeah, I've had lots of sleep this day. Yeah. 
Um, once you're happy with what you do, when you save your roasting profile, whether it be on laptop or manual, that's when you get the, the roast you want for that bean. That's when you get the product. How long does that process take? So from me buying the bean first off to developing the roast, we're probably looking about uh, five or six tiredness nights. Um, but if once I've got my profile set, I know what I'm doing with the bean. Every 15 minutes, I'm producing a batch of beans. Every 15 minutes, when the machine's right, on, okay. that quick. It then degasses for two days, so the beans will let off a lot of gases. But then after two days, you know, the, the beans are there to be roasted on the 12th of November, they're ready to drink. So within four days of roast, Wrexham coffee shops have them on their table to serve. So in theory, your one machine can fruit put quite a lot of coffee for you? Yeah, I one machine now they've got can um, pump out a lot of coffee, and we're looking at bigger machines, that's how <laughs> scary it's getting. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Yeah. So, in terms of starting this business, what was what were the challenges? Obviously, you were straight into importing, which yeah. a lot of businesses don't deal with. Was that something that was difficult to... Yeah, the biggest challenge is, is finance, because no one will borrow you money, because you're a business, a limited business in less than two years in production, so everyone's scared to borrow money, certainly mm-hmm. certain in the, in the current economic climate. There are grants out there, so you know if, you, if you've got a business plan set up and you're going the right avenues, you can get um, grants and things, but... Like I said, James and I have full-time jobs, so we're financially lucky that we can fund or set apart fund some of the progress ourselves. Yeah. But we have dabbled into the export market. We're having help from the Welsh Assembly with that um, in terms of advice. And America, I love Wrexham more than you think. And I thought it was just a football, and it really isn't. Um, anything Wrexham, you know, our Twitter followers are through the roof with American fans, and they can't get enough of it. I, I send bags over to Philadelphia all the time. We're in talks with a Philadelphia food wholesale company who want to have us constantly supplying delis in Philadelphia for coffee. So that would be the jump for the full-time position. Yeah. Because right now it's um, it's a daunting place to be, but exciting place to be. Yeah, because I think having Wrexham in the name is obviously brilliant for selling yeah. locally. Probably means you're not going to sell very much in Chester, for example. No. So it limits that, but yeah. it does open up that whole American market for you, doesn't it? Yeah, and you know... Look at Chester, for example. Chester's got three of its own coffee roasters in the city alone. So you'd argue we'd never go into that avenue anyway, but we do sell all over the UK. So we've got a constant supply of beans going up to the Lake District in Windermere um, to a coffee shop there. We send a lot down to London. Um, one of our clients owns made available music studios. So we are everywhere in the UK, but we never want to conquer anywhere else other than our own town because we want to give back to our local community mm. rather than feed into other people's communities. And I don't know if you know the answer to this. What sort of size of market is in Wrexham in terms of coffee shops and restaurants and yeah. shops who retail it? Do you have an idea of how many outlets there are potentially? If I think at the top of my head, you'll probably look at 15 to 20 coffee shops in Wrexham alone. Let's take away the corporations of the world. Yeah. We all know who they are. Don't go to them. Um, but that, and then you've got delis, supermarkets. You've got to remember, places like Marks and Spencers and people like that, they want to support local as well. Mm. So... We've all seen Wrexham Live and go through Aldi and Home Bargains and things and how busy they are. You've got that avenue to explore as well, and then the smaller non-coffee corporations, if you like. But, yeah, there are, it's a big market, Wrexham. It's certainly enough to, to employ you know, five, six, seven people full-time just to fulfil Wrexham's market. Mm. And when you've got orders from America asking for a minimum of 6,000 of these bags, that's when you start ramping up yeah. the output. And I, from my day job, I know a lot of Wrexham business owners, and I do find... Yeah. There is a community of people wanting to support other Wrexham businesses, so... Yeah, that's um, something we've seen. Yeah, 
It's you definitely sort of yeah. the door's half open for you to get in there, isn't it? Yeah, we don't want to. You know, I could I could stand here and say, oh, we're going to invest ten thousand pound into Facebook ads and get into loads of businesses. We're not about that. We want to go into businesses and you know, we talk to people, talk to factories, talk to different food people, and say to them, listen, this is who we are. We're not growing too fast. We don't want to become this massive brand overnight. It's just, it's going to be a slow burner. We know that. And we're patient people. You know, we'll we'll, we'll wait for the long game. But yeah, the Wrexham people have been warming to it. Um, the lads at Bank Street, you know, you've had them on the podcast. They'll say. The amount of American people that go in there as well, and British people and local people that are buying our beans off the shelves in there. Um, but yeah, we we've been humbled by you know and humbled by the local warmth. James and business partner is not a Wrexham lad. I've lived here for thirty five years nearly. Give me age away. But James is from Liverpool, so James came to Wrexham with this feeling that Wrexham's kind of like the city, mm. and it was almost like someone gave him a big hug because everyone was so welcoming, especially with the brand. Um, you know, he he felt how nice it was in Wrexham, hence the name. That was in a developmental stage of the business. We didn't know what to call the business. Um, and then 12 months later, we've, we've got Wrexham Bean Company. Yeah. Hello, everybody. This episode of the Wrexham Business Spotlight is sponsored by AB Accountancy, who are an accountancy firm based in the heart of Wrexham, who believe in producing high-quality accounts and unbeatable customer service. You can visit our website, www.abaccountancy.co, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, where we regularly post hints and tips to help you with your accounts and your tax. If you'd like to sponsor an episode of this podcast in Season 2, please get in touch. Right, sorry for disturbing you. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, so when you were talking then about uh, you, you like to go in and make contacts, I, I would think that's that's a lost art of sales. I think everyone's we're really quick at sending emails and doing Facebook ads. I, I don't think you can replace meeting people and shaking yeah. hands and, and having a conversation with them. And take the business away from it. It's just nice to meet people. We're so fixed behind laptops and the, the, the phones and things that we forget how to talk to people sometimes. Yeah. Luckily, you know, we get to go out and meet people, but... I've got a, a client over in Glen Cairo, um, a community project called um, the Mustard Seed, the Head of Mustard, and they've turned a um, like a religious centre into a coffee shop. As you imagine, in Glen Cairo, we've been there. There's nothing there, and she says to me, "Oh, just send me some samples." So I, I I drove down there and gave them to her, and she said, "I was expecting to post them. I want to know what they're about because I want to know, a, I'm giving them the right product with what they're mm. doing, support them to know and understand, a, how much they can afford and b, how much they're going to be selling." Um, and just meeting nice people, you know, Christina over there is doing a fantastic job, and we keep in contact all the time. Face the name, I think, is like you said, a great start to business. Yeah, it's a great avenue, because we've come into this tradition where we're buying everything online and we're buying things from shops and corporations we don't know about. When if you just open your eyes and just look around you, there's so much good things happening locally. You know, definitely, I agree. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. Yeah. We want to highlight some of the stuff that, that we know about and that, and that I see, definitely. Um, what sort of challenges do you think you face as this business? Um, there's lots of things to juggle in any business, as you can imagine. We have to juggle things like um, food hygiene ratings. You know, that's a big thing, any food production, as, as you've seen. You know, people lose a star and they lose business. We've maintained our five stars since we started and we're trying to keep that all the time and it's very hard when you're doing such a mucky job because roasting coffee isn't a um, you can do it in your front room for example yeah. it makes a lot of mess and things so we have that challenge financial challenges you know, we want to grow and grow and grow but sadly the money isn't there to grow overnight so 
we've planned our business out and we know where we're going over the next two or three years. Um, but there are some challenges in that plan. The export challenges, for example. VAT, you know, obviously being VAT registered and things like that is obviously your area of expertise. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a minefield for anyone starting a new business. Um, registering business names is a big thing. Remember that first night that we got a bit drunk and bought the company name on company's house and thought, what have I got myself in for here, you know? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a lot of challenges. Um, we're going to have to employ staff at some point. We're looking for a unit at the moment in the Wrexham area to be close to the town centre because we want to be in the heart of where things are happening. And that'll give you a visual presence as well? Is that something yeah. you think people will walk past and see your logos? And Absolutely. And not just that, you know, we, we charge two ninety nine delivery at the moment all over the UK. But people in Wrexham shouldn't have to pay for delivery. If you've got a retail unit or a warehouse in Wrexham and we're staying with there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for example, in the evening, then people can come to us and get the coffee from us and try the coffee while they're there. We don't necessarily want to be a coffee shop, but we'll certainly give people the opportunity to try our beans. Yeah. Um, because it's all well and good me giving you three nice fancy labels in front of you, but your palate might be tainted towards other beans. So eventually, long term, we're going to do coffee tasting evenings and things or mornings and, and make a bit of experience out of it. Um, we've got some talks ongoing with local colleges and schools where eventually we'd like to have the kids come in and roast coffee with us as well at a unit. Okay. Just because we know how children develop and children's brains work, and if they can see a product from start to finish happening, then they become attached. Um, we'd like to allow children and students to come into us and roast coffee, see it in its green form, its raw form. They operate the machinery, they produce something, take home with them a bag of coffee that they've produced. Um, so that's something we're looking at in the future, which obviously has its challenges because I'm not a teacher. <laughs> yeah. So in the exporting was one you mentioned there. Yeah. Are, um, you, are you using like a third party to, to do that for you or is it something you're doing in house? Um, a bit of both really. So we never planned to export. Export came to us. So um, two or three companies across America and Canada, uh, one of which is a supermarket in Canada that we export to at the moment, they, um, they sell British products. So as you imagine the expats in Canada, their supermarket sells British products that the British people can't get over there. The McVitie's biscuits of the world and the Yorkshire's like of the, the world. Polish shops we've got in Absolutely, Rapsen. yeah, it's yeah. no different. Um, so they um, stock our coffee over in um, British Columbia. And then another company came to us having heard about that in Canada from uh, Philadelphia. So the, the chap in Philadelphia is a very nice guy. Approached us and says, what are your thoughts on having a regular export to us? I said, that's great, but... How do I do that? Mm. Um, luckily for me, he's very au fait in the export world, so he's set up connections all over the UK. All I need to do is get my beans to his shipping port and he sorts the rest out because he's always shipping across anyway. Then um, there's an export cluster within the Welsh Government and the export advice people. You'll see it all over social media and stuff. They're pumping a lot of money into export at the moment to make Wales a bigger place and we hope they'll contribute towards that because... With the help of the Welsh Government, they're putting us in the right direction in terms of contracts, finances, export codes on beans, because when you grind the bean or sell a bean, it's different cones, everything. Yeah. Every single different variation of coffee has a different cone. It's an absolute minefield. So we're hoping soon that our beans will be on sale in America. And that's probably going to happen in the new year. But to fulfil six, twelve thousand of these little bags... It's going to be a hard feat, hence why we need a bigger unit and a bigger machine. I was going to say, do you currently have the capacity for that? Or is that going to bring its own challenges? We have the physical capacity to do it. 
Do I have the mental capacity to spend so much time roasting coffee and watching the machine go round? I don't know, but we'll soon find out. But um, with the with the new roast street, hopefully in the Wrexham area, uh, or Wrexham town area, a bigger machine. Um, yeah, be done in a couple of days. That. Mm. I think it'd be quite interesting if people can actually see the roasting happening in your unit. That'd yeah. Be something I'd be sort of interested in. The old fishbowl. Yeah, something I've not seen before. So. Uh... The problem is, when I roast, I've got headphones in me as I'm partial to a bit of a dance, so if people are looking through a window... That's even better. <laughs> if people are looking through a window, yeah. I'll become a bit of an experiment, maybe, but... I like most of You could become time. a YouTube sensation or a TikTok oh, sensation at the same time, couldn't no. you? No. Face for the radio, but... <laughs> we, um, we roast quite a lot at night time, just because of our... You know, we've got jobs in the day and things, so... We have these challenges where we'd like to have a town-centred place, but with our caretakers involved opening and closing... How do I get someone to open a unit for me at 2am? Because sometimes we're also at 2 o'clock in the morning mm. that's how busy we are. But yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, I don't mind the people coming in having a go roasting. Mm. And the smell is fantastic. So I think if I quote Phil from Bank Street, I said, what do you think of the smell of coffee when it's roasted? He said, it smells of chirk. So what do you mean? He goes, it smells like sawdust and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that particular smell when you drove past Cadbury's was... Uh... I can almost nice, wasn't it? Yeah. It's one of the two smells I particularly strongly remember were Rexham. There's that one. And when you used to play football, there was a pitch really near Kellogg's. I think it was the Tetra Pak pitch. Yeah. And you could smell the, the, wood dust. the Kellogg's smell there. Yeah. You just wash your car afterwards because it's covered in sawdust yeah. when you finish. But, but yeah, but the smell of it's almost like um, you like a microwave bag, bag, microwave bag popcorn things you have and the smell of that. It's almost like that. It's really, it's really nice. Excellent. Hopefully we can get that smell of other town. be nice. Yeah, so I I believe you've had quite a big local contract recently, and you you're supplying the college. Yeah, um, colleague Cambria or Yarl as they are now, they're one of our biggest contracts. Um, the staff and the students are doing a really good job. They've um, you know increased sales by fourfold since September alone. We've got a meeting there after here just to try out their coffee and things and give the students some advice. And yeah, they've they've supported us. They came to us um, from the start and said, "Listen, September, we want to come with you." And let's not forget, colleague Yarl and Cambria is not just Wrexham. They've got other venues. Got they've got Bersham Road, and they're building that monstrosity of the structure on the corner. Yeah. Are you in the place. like the D side, and the, is it North yeah, of the got? Not yet. We've got a uh, we've got a bit of an uphill battle there. Okay. It's a battle <laughs> we don't mind facing. Yeah. But yeah, we've we've proven that by supplying local to local students, then it's plain worth because mm. they're coming back and back for more and more. And how does stuff like that? So you've obviously you've got we've got two here. I think you've got is it three varieties of bean you've got on the go? Uh, beans, we've got four varieties. Oh, four. Uh, sorry, four standard beans or four beans that we have on tap, if you like, and we have special beans come in and out throughout the. So, season. for example, would the college choose one and supply that? Yes, yeah, so we, they, we can they offer them all, or they can have whatever they want. Um, but they've chosen a Brazilian bean. The staff had sample bags like we've got in front of us here. They got the students in. They did some tasting sessions. They decide themselves how they like it. They then decide whether they want it a medium roast or a dark roast. They go for a medium roast. Um, we've also got decaf as well, so they have decaf coffee offers. But they've chosen what they want to drink. The students and the staff that work there, you know, um, are very fluid in that sense. Certainly we've got big contracts. We'll tailor our beans and our roasts to suit people. So one thing I've picked up on in a couple of your, your sort of things you've said so far is that quite a lot of people are approaching you. Yeah, um, we, we don't different things. <laughs> we don't market. And it sounds awful. Um, You'll hear, you know, I mean, any startup business, people watching this will look at, think about starting their own business. 
you can pump a hundred pound into Facebook ads or Instagram ads and that kind of stuff but you may not get any sales from it and that's the reality of mm-hmm. sales you know and unless the right person at the right time is looking at that ad then you're not going to get anything from it last week we went to the Wrexham Community and Business Awards over at Networld and we supplied the coffee to Bank Street who served the coffee to people on the night we've had four or five inquiries from big businesses just from that night alone Yeah, we wouldn't have got that from ads because you know they wouldn't have been looking at ads because they don't look at ads for that produce you know so yeah face to face I would recommend you know, I'm not saying knocking on doors because no one likes a cold call you're you know, just like, making sure you're out there and yeah. people know of you I, I walk around town in a Rex and Bean t-shirt and, and people stop and ask me because, oh, I've, I've heard about Rex and Bean what's that or you know people who know me from living here for so long know you know about the business and that, that's how it started really the first couple of months of trade are like friends and family pity buying mm. things off you and the coffee might be really rubbish but they keep coming back for more yeah. because you're friends and family but yeah I think it's important that you don't spend too much money on marketing and just have some belief in yourself to go out there and promote what you do you could literally write blank checks on marketing couldn't you but it's got to be really focused in the right areas yeah like you know, for example look, the coffee market statistically is very masculine masculine in between 25 and 40 um, can, can I call that middle age I don't know maybe that puts me in middle age well that puts me over that so <laughs> no <laughs> but, but we've proven through the college for example there's nobody in the college daytime wise above 19 years of age well they're still selling 150 coffees a day at the college mm. so the demographic doesn't fit always I think people are just genuinely proud about having a local produce and as long as you're proud about what you're promoting I think it'll come across really well and, and we've all seen that with Rexham Lager, haven't we? And, and what they've done, and that you talked about some of the big, massive retailers they're selling yeah. in. Um, so yeah. there definitely is an avenue, isn't there, for local companies to become national companies? Absolutely. And someone said to me, oh, does the word Rexham, like we said before, you can't, we wouldn't sell it in Chester, for example, does the word Rexham limit you? I don't think it does. I think it showcases what we've got as a town. And Rexham Lager is a prime example of that, albeit they've got the history behind them. Wrexham Lager all over the world they know that because they've created a good brand they've got um, great product in their beer and people believe in it and they believe in what they're doing themselves hence why they've invested so much in their infrastructure but there's nothing stopping anybody locally starting their own business because um, don't be scared is what I would say I think the reality is except for perhaps someone like Jeff Bezos you're never going to sell to everybody there's yeah. so few businesses that can appeal to everyone, but Wrexham allows you to know who you're selling to. Yeah. You know, it allows you to not waste your time knocking on yeah. Chester doors, but you've got a bigger appeal in Wrexham straight away, and you can tap into the American market. Well, what's the population of Wrexham now? It's like 200,000. So we're now a city. Tourism, I think, would increase that by 25% during the summer holidays and during football days. You only, you only need to have 1% of them people drinking coffee and you've got a full-time wage out that 1%. We know more than 1% of people drink coffee. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a, a niche here and there's definitely an avenue here for us and a market for us. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave Chester's Chester. <laughs> they've got enough coffee roasters. Yeah, they've got three of their own, you said. Yeah. How much of what's happened to you do you think you could sort of directly attribute to the football team's success and, and what's happened there? How much do you think would have just happened anyway? You know, I've, like I said before, I've lived here for like over 30 years and I've been a season ticket at Wrexham and I've been there when there's been 600 people there on a Tuesday night and I've been, you know, wearing my swore then, soaking wet, watching the games and there's absolutely no doubt that 
you walk through the high street now in comparison to say 10 or 5 years ago there's really a different hype people are happy the town feels happier we've obviously been through quite depressive times economically as well and I know people will listen out and say oh Eagles Meadow ruined the town and the town centre looks drab and things like that but let's look positive there are businesses going into Eagles Meadow there are businesses starting up and moving back into the high street mm. there's footfall in the high street the businesses still survive in there so I think we're very quick as a town to um, to shoot ourselves down and say we're well, so we're this that and the other and we've got some really dreadful time and I, and I, and I, are on the I think there haven't been a downturn in the town centre it meant a lot of the big national chains left but what that's done is you now see more independent startups. Absolutely, and let's not um, forget which offers something really different. Let's not forget we're a market town because the the beast of the beast market, the old Asda, we had the butcher's market, which is going under some renovation at the moment. The uh, butter market op- opposite, obviously. Just because we haven't got market stores doesn't necessarily mean we can't sell market produce. And because markets might have evolved a bit with the times, I'm now back in shops on local produce. We're still a market town, aren't we? We're still marketing our local mm-hmm. produce. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm I'm full of love from the town, from obviously from from the heart. But I've got a lot of hope that things are getting better, and I think economically it's been proven we are getting better. Yeah, and I I work in the town centre, so I'll spend time in it. I I can see things are changing. Always seeing new independent startups happening, and yeah, and some really good, interesting people that sort of we meet as well. So yeah, absolutely. And, and going back to what I said about the football, yes, it has been a part. There's no doubt that the the, the Canadian and the American takeover has, has played a massive part in our economy because people will say, oh, they don't put that much money into the local economy, but they do it inadvertently because people are coming here and spending money here because of what they're doing at the football ground. So, yeah, it's had a massive part and long will continue. And inadvertently, it probably means you're selling more in Canada and America. Absolutely. People will just recognise the name Rexham. Absolutely, so. yeah. You know. And then hopefully you know, you're going to create more jobs in the town as a result and... There's no, there's no doubt that without the football takeover, I wouldn't be exporting to Philadelphia because why would they want to buy Wrexham? Yeah. You know? But yeah, things are on the up. Let's be positive. Definitely. Um, so plans to grow? What's, what's for short, medium, long term? Do you have it mapped out? Um, maybe not written down, but I think short term we carry on as we are. We get through Christmas because Christmas is a really busy time for us. Um, lots of people get out of the cold drinking coffee, so we've got a lot of roasting to do. Um, New Year to this time next year we'll probably look at expanding into bigger premises in terms of the infrastructure for us Um, bigger roaster which means then we can take on bigger contracts this time next year talking long term goals we're probably looking at having a regular export to America um, regular export to Canada if not more we won't talk about one state America's 50 odd countries effectively in one isn't it so yeah but um Long term, let's um, let's fly the flag and keep it going. Excellent. Well, yeah. best of luck with that. Thank you. And then one thing I think's sort of come through this as well is how you manage to take an everyday product, brand it as Wrexham, and do really well. Yeah. If people are starting a business, we've got Wrexham Lager, we've got the Wrexham Coffee. Do you think that is a transferable business model? Someone could start, I don't know, the Wrexham Ice Cream Company, for example, and follow the same pattern. Well, it's it's we've, we've proven that people are buying local. And a familiar name, it helps. It doesn't have necessarily have been the Wrexham something. As long as it's produced in Wrexham, mm-hmm. I think people will support it. You've only got to look at the um, the, the gin company, the Welsh Scottish gin company. She's Wrexham based, um, but the word Welsh will, will, will focus her and, and you know project her into Wales everywhere, won't it? Um, but yeah, anyone looking at starting the business, you know, think of something that's not been done and, and, and go for it. You know, 
a lot of people to go out there and start start starting the Wrexham such and such company, the Wrexham Wallpaper <laughs> Company. Let's maybe get the Wrexham name out of it. <laughs> I don't think you can patent the Wrexham name. No, you? not yet. No. <laughs> um, so on on that line, then, if someone was starting a business, they came to you and they said, "Can I have some advice?" What's the one thing you would tell them you think is most important for people to know? Um, I think the biggest challenge for us was knowing your target audience. Because it's all well and good creating a good product. We know our coffee's good, you know. Um, but you need to know who you want to sell it to and who you're targeting to. Because, for example, if you started a spirits company in Wrexham, other than gin, obviously we've already got one, um, you, you need to look at where you're going to target it and obviously create it and things like that. But we're quite fortunate in the, in the sense that we knew the coffee industry background anyway from investing so much of our own money in drinking coffee anyway, obviously the Italian heritage, so we knew that Lots of people drink coffee. Not everyone drinks vodka, for example. So you've got to be casting that quite wide in an area that's not so big as in get as much capture as you can. Um, I'd certainly, there was homework, homework, homework is the big thing. I spent months and months researching. This idea came up in COVID. Obviously, we decided not to launch during COVID, but um, you've got to know and set out your stall very early on and say, this is what I intend to do. And there will be people that are critical and saying, it's rubbish, or I don't like the way you've done this, I don't like this, but stick to your guns. As long as you believe in what you're selling and you can portray that through your interactions with businesses, mm. people believe in you. Yeah, great. Right, what would you say success looks like for you? Success looks like for me. Um, let's think about that. Uh, bigger, biz- bigger establishment for us would be a success for us because... Let's move out from where we are now and get somewhere local, somewhere people can come to us. I want to employ some local people, certainly students and things like that, where they can um, be proud of what they do. And success, inevitably, is us creating a new industry in Wrexham. You know, having a big roastery in Wrexham, shipping all over the country, would be success for me. You plan to, every time someone walks on a local coffee shop, front and centre? Be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's the aim. (laughs) The bank will be happy, um, but yeah, let's 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 think about employing people, local people, get people passionate about something, spread some positivity about who we are and what we do about in terms of Wrexham, and yeah, let's, let's showcase what we've got. Excellent. Okay, Rich, so you've kindly brought me some uh, samples today. Show me them. Let me talk you through them. Smell them, taste them. What um, do I need to do? Let me show you what we've got then. So this is. Um, a bean from Brundy. It's a fully washed bean, this one, so we can have a look at these and get some out. But um, you'll see that the insides on these are very much white. Okay, yeah. That's just the process we use to clean them. So before I get the bean, they're washed, or the process is, is washed, so the insides are washed out, similar to decaf, if you like. Mm. Decaf, we have to clean all the caffeine out of it, but these are just washed beans. It's just, it's just the way they clean the, the bean. Um, that's got tasting those of marshmallow in that one and that's come away from Burundi on the east coast of Africa. Okay. Is that marshmallow taste in the bean or is that something part of your process yeah. gives it that flavour? That's an interesting question that because people assume I add marshmallow to the bean and that's really not the case. Um, each bean, certainly in the specialty coffee world because we only supply the best beans all over the world, the high scores, um, each bean, depending on the altitude and the amount of um, alkaline acid in the soil, a professional taster I do not claim to be, will go and taste the bean at the farm and decide that tastes like A, B and C. And you usually get three or four different tasting nodes. 
Um, so that one's chocolatey um, Nutella and marshmallow, that one. And I'll see if you can maybe I'll smell a bit of marshmallow or a bit of sweetness. This is a one. better feature for YouTube than it is for uh, Apple and Spotify, isn't we, it? We need a smell of phone. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a sweetness. The sweetness, that yeah. one, yeah. So we compare that, for example, to the pink bag that's here. Um, that's that, that's interesting, Bean. That's from a, a collective of farms called Café Delos in Brazil. Um, that's farmed only by women. So the farm only employs women. The first male, if you like, to touch that bean and sort that bean is, is me in, the, in Wrexham. Um, so we invest heavily in the infrastructure of women in, in South America because they're not as fortunate as the women in this country are because there's no infrastructure there for them. Mm. So we're trying to pump as much money as we can by buying their beans into helping them grow a sustainable future for women. Um, the taste notes on that one have been dictated as chocolate and nuts on that one. So you might get a bit okay. of a darker chocolatey smell on that one. Yeah, it's a bit, bit like a deeper smell, isn't it? I'd That's say. probably your standard espresso kind of yeah, smell bean, I, yeah. Um, yeah, I can imagine a double espresso with that. And yeah, the college. I mean, not getting any sleep for a couple of days. The college um, sell our Brundi, our Brazilian bean, so you can have a taste that. The, the college is a place to go for that. So, with with all Brazilian beans, be of that sort of style, yeah. or is a big variation within the country? If you look at. Um, the map of the world, for example, the South American beans are traditionally quite chocolatey and nutty. You'll get the hints of bits and bobs like orange and zest in them. Um, but the more um, east across the world you go, in terms of Indonesia and China, the more wild flavours you get. You know, you can get grapefruit, pomegranate, that kind of stuff. It all is is the um, acidity in the soil because it changes throughout the world and the, um, the height it's grown in the altitude. But typically, South American beans are very chocolatey, dark and nutty, yeah. What's that last one there? That's an African moon bean, that one. Yeah, so this is the packet people will see with the aqueduct on the front cover. Yeah, that was our original packaging, that, and we've kind of kept it just because it's the OG, but um, that's from Uganda, that bean, so that comes in from Uganda. Um, that's got tasting nodes of cherry in that one, as well as nuts. Oh, okay. um, you might get a bit of cherry smell on that one. Yeah, that's definitely a... That's a natural yeah. bean. You can taste that down at Brew Corner at Jade's Place on Victoria Road. Oh, okay. Well, I, I do stop at um, Jade's Place occasionally. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're friends of ours. So, um, Jade's dude is proud there. Um, but yeah, we've, we've had, we have these three beans on stock, if you like, on tap constantly throughout the year. Um, and then we have the speciality beans that come in as well in terms of wild flavours. We have cinnamon ones this time of year for Christmas and things like that. I was about to ask you, you're doing a Christmas twist? Yeah, we... We're that busy, really. It's having the time to sit down and, and get new beans mm. in. But we have got two new beans in, but from Mexico. Um, but yeah, La Mazateca is called one of them, and Sierra Madre is another. Um, and they're in our pink bags, so when you Russell and Mountain, Wrexham, Hollywood sign bags. And then in the new year, we're going to launch a new label, but I won't tell you what it's going to be just yet. You need to think of what local architecture it's going to well, be. I mean, this podcast is coming out in January, so we. Oh, we, there we are then, yeah. We think about that. Yeah, so on the back of the Wrexham documentary in terms of how much they respected and showcased the mine disaster in Gresswood, we've just um, asked someone to draw the miner's wheel on okay. some of the buildings from Gresswood, just again to plug our bit towards tourism and, yeah. and, and, and get the local name going. But you and I both know we could be sat here in 12 months' time with 20 bags of different pieces of architecture. Yeah, yeah. See, the Sue and Bass might make it at one point. <laughs> Police station, that's gone now, isn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah, that was nice, so we'll leave that out. Um, 
Yeah, just you know, the, the boot opticians in town, that building. Someone said to me once, don't judge Wrexham by its shops, look above them. If you look above the shops in Wrexham, there's some gorgeous pieces there of architecture. Are, yeah. You know? Remember, everyone moaned when they put the miners' arches up. Yeah. How dreadful the miners' arches look on, on Queen Square, but look at us now. Yeah, it's part of the town it's now. Part of the town they? now, yeah. yeah. Kids swing off them every day. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I've definitely tried some of these. I'm not sure I've tried the red pink one, so that'll be my, my you, next you get, stop. You get coffee machine here and I'll send you a sample. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that live on here. <laughs> and like we always finish, so we've had this spotlight on you for this episode. It's time for you to put that spotlight onto someone else now. Oh, no, Share the reps and business spotlight, love. Oh, I'll upset some people by not mentioning that. You will, won't you? That's, that's um, what everyone's like, oh. I've dabbled into the students quite a lot in 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 our in our chat and and um, I've got to give all my credit to Matt and his team at College Yard. The restaurants here on Chester Street, only hundred yards from here, isn't it? But the, the lads and the and the girls that work there tirelessly do a very good job. It's a very good restaurant. Um, let's not forget the students; they're still learning and they're, they're developing their skills. But they produce some phenomenal food. The coffee shop as well inside there obviously serves our coffee and they've been really passionate about us and, and likewise with them. But they only get enough, enough recognition. People can walk past that college and think it's just a college, but when I walked into there for the first time, having been there in my younger years, but walked back in again as, as a as businessman, I was astonished by what was in there. There's a florist inside there. Would you ever mm. think that by walking no. past? You know, there's students creating all sorts of good things. Matt gave us a tour of the building. There's Olympic gyms in there. There's spinning studios for staff. It's such a hub. And by sending your children, people listen to this, send your children to College Yard, you're giving them the best opportunity this town can give you because they really are doing miracles for the future of them children, you know? Um, things that we didn't have when we were in college. Um, but yeah, and they drink the best coffee, so why wouldn't I plug them? <laughs> Actually, I... I, I could second that. I went to an event in the cafe there a um, month or so ago. Yeah. Had some food and it, it was top notch. It was yeah. really, really good. Yeah. So. You know, I. I <laughs> my missus laughs and she says, Where are we going for tea this, this Sunday? We're not going to the college again, are we? Because I keep going there all the time supporting <laughs> them. She wants to go somewhere new. But yeah. Yeah, they, they did a good job and I'm really proud of them. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much, Rich, for coming on. Thank you very much. Really me. appreciate it. I've really loved seeing your, your company grow. I actually knew about you right from the start because your business is registered here where we're based here <laughs> yeah. at home of offices um so i did see it come up and i thought oh that's interesting and yeah slowly seeing you popping up in different venues and i yeah. got to know you as well so it's been fantastic and best of luck with the journey thank you very much for having me cheers thank cheers, you thank you hello everybody it's adrian here thank you very much for listening to this episode of the rex and business spotlight podcast it's very much appreciated. Please also support our guests and their wonderful businesses. You can like and subscribe to this. You could share the podcast so your friends can enjoy it. And you could also find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Leave your comments, leave your thoughts, and let us hear your feedback. Thank you very much, and see you on the next episode. No matter how I fly, no matter how far you go, the spotlight's on you and we go home.